Welcome to Creative Biolabs Science Channel. Creative Biolabs is a specialized contract research organization supporting mRNA studies with all-round solutions covering mRNA synthesis, modification, and mRNA therapeutics development. With an unwavering pursuit of innovation and lifelong learning, we keep on producing podcast series related to mRNA technology based on our knowledge and practical experience gained through years of exploration in this area. Subscribe to our channel and keep updated with our podcasts. Good evening, dear friends. Thank you for tuning in. Today we will again be talking about the small interfering RNA, or commonly referred to as the siRNA. RNA interference is one of the most important discoveries in life science in recent years. It refers to the phenomenon that small double-stranded RNA can specifically degrade or inhibit the expression of homologous messenger RNA, and as a result, inhibiting or shutting down the expression of specific genes. As long as we know the pathogenic gene of a certain disease, we can design siRNA for the messenger RNA of the gene, inhibit or block the expression of the pathogenic gene, so as to achieve the purpose of treating the disease. Today, we invite our old friend to our program. Thank you for joining us, David. Thank you for your invitation, Connie. I'm very excited to be here and share with you more findings on siRNA. As we all know, RNA interference is a highly conserved, inducing double-stranded RNA, highly efficient and specific degradation of homologous messenger RNA during evolution. It is a mechanism left over from the process of biological evolution that regulates gene expression through RNA after transcription. You just mentioned double-stranded RNA. More specifically, under what conditions do cells produce double-stranded RNA? Some are often produced when exogenous genes, such as viral genes, artificially transferred genes, and transposons, are randomly integrated into the host cell genome and transcribed by the host cell. After that, the host cell reacts to these double-stranded RNAs immediately, and an endonuclease in the cytoplasm, we call it the dicer, cleaves the double-stranded RNA into several small pieces with specific length and structure. These are the small interfering RNA. What are the structural characteristics of small interfering RNA in organisms? Since it was cleaved by dicer from double-stranded RNA, generally speaking, Small interfering RNA is still a double-stranded RNA with a length of 21 to 23 BP, with 5 monophosphate, and 3 hydroxy terminal. The 3-foot end of the complementary double chain has a single strand of 2 to 3 NT. We know that small interfering RNA plays the role of gene silencing in cells. Can you tell us how this role is achieved? Sure. Under the action of intracellular RNA helicase, siRNA is cleaved into sense and antisense strands, and then antisense siRNA combines with some enzymes in vivo to form RNA-induced silencing complex, which can specifically bind to the homologous region of messenger RNA expressed by exogenous genes. It has the function of nuclease, cutting messenger RNA at the binding site, resulting in specific gene silencing. The cutting site is the two ends of complementary binding with the antisense strand of the siRNA. The cleaved messenger RNA is then degraded, which induces the host cells to respond to the degradation of these messenger RNAs. Theoretically, siRNA can silence any target gene. Although significant advances have been made in the delivery of nucleic acids to mammalian cells, 
but isn't it that most of the used strategies do not distinguish between normal and cancer cells? Right, and not only RNA interference technology, we see the same challenge in some other cancer therapies, like radiation and chemotherapy. Due to the limited specificity of tumors, they are highly toxic and poorly tolerated. But still, the main goal of any therapy is to eradicate pathogenic cells, such as malignant cells while preserving normal cells. So this is something that we still need to tackle. What are some advantages of avoiding the delivery of bioactive drugs, such as cytotoxic drugs, radionuclides, and cytokines to healthy tissues or cells? While I think this is very obvious, for one, delivering cytotoxic drugs specifically to cancer cells can alleviate the problem of side effects. Drugs in tumors can reach high concentrations without affecting normal tissues. Is this achievable now? Having the preferential accumulation of therapeutic drugs in target cells? There are some methods we can use to achieve that, but all are still under testing. What has been used include antibody and liposome, both showing enhanced retention at the tumor site. Is there any way for therapeutic drugs to quickly identify target cells? In principle, ligands that can recognize cell receptors preferentially or specifically expressed by target cells can be coupled to delivery agents to promote specific cellular uptake through receptor-mediated endocytosis. In order to achieve specific delivery to target cells, different strategies have been adopted, including the use of random peptide and antibody libraries to identify ligands that bind to membrane receptors expressed on target cells. Peptides or antibodies belong to these ligands. In addition, the changes in the tumor environment, such as increased expression of surface proteases and angiogenesis, can be used to improve the therapeutic indexes of existing and new therapies, such as what we are discussing here, the siRNA. So far we know that the delivery strategies of siRNA are mainly divided into physical, covalent binding, and virus and non-viral carrier delivery strategies. Which is generally used to deliver siRNA in research? You know siRNA delivery in vivo can be achieved through a variety of strategies, not limited to a particular one. The ones I can think of right now include lipid-based agents, collagen, nanoparticles, and magnetic effect. Since the most commonly used transfer agent can be imported into all cell types, the transfer agent or short hairpin RNA expression must be specific. Now that you mentioned short hairpin RNA, can you tell us the difference or connection between siRNA and short hairpin RNA? The hairpin structure of short hairpin RNA can be cut into siRNA by a certain cellular mechanism, then these siRNA can bind to RNA-induced silencing complex and at the same time, bind to the target messenger RNA and degrade it. Although some studies have reported the specific delivery of small interfering RNAs to target cells, identifying effective targeting strategies is still the most challenging technical step in the transformation of RNA technology to modern medicine. And we know that antibodies can help with effective targeting. What is the explanation here? As we just discussed, cell surface molecules with high specificity for tumor cells are good therapeutic targets. Antibodies against these targets can be used as drugs and delivery agents. Is there an effective antibody right now to treat different kinds of cancer? Surely there is. Just to give an example, two I can think of now are Herceptin and Rituxin. 
Perceptin targets her two antigen expressed by a subset of breast cancer patients. Rituxan is an anti-CD20 antibody effective against non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Do they lead to a complete cure? Well, cure may not be the right word for now, but they are definitely effective. Although some unmodified monoclonal antibodies exhibit some therapeutic potency, their effects tend to be varying and ultimately not curative, when not used in combination with classical chemotherapy. What's challenging is that these antibodies need to be given to patients in massive doses to show a therapeutic effect, which leads to serious side effects. But I'm sure researchers are looking into new technologies that can make up for the shortcomings of these monoclonal antibody therapies? Right. New technologies were developed to arm antibodies with drugs, toxins, or radionuclides. Unfortunately, the use of toxins and radionuclides in combination with these antibodies complicates the preclinical and clinical testing necessary to gain approval. So get back to the siRNA, how to circumvent the delivery of siRNA to target cells. One approach is to conjugate the siRNA to antibodies. Alternatively, the siRNA prepared by liposome can be coated with an anti-tumor marker antibody. More specifically, studies have shown that protamine-coupled antibodies targeting certain receptors can deliver siRNA to cells expressing these receptors. Similarly, studies have described a method to specifically deliver siRNA to tumor cells using transferrin as a targeted ligand. What scientists observed in these experiments was that anti-CD40 siRNA immunoliposomes coated with dendritic cell-specific monoclonal antibodies can achieve dendritic cell-specific cell targeting in vitro and in vivo. In addition to the studies, there are other experiments that the team has carried out. Using T-cells as targets, a team used an anti-CD7-specific single-chain antibody that binds to 9-polyarginine peptide and showed that the construct could deliver antiviral small interfering RNA to immature T cells of mice. In general, these examples illustrate the feasibility of combining small interfering RNA with antibody to recognize cancer cells. Okay, thanks. In today's program, we have discussed the main targeted delivery technology of siRNA. We learned that although some studies have reported the specific delivery of small interfering RNAs to target cells, Identifying effective targeting strategies is still the most challenging technical step in the transformation of RNA technology into modern medicine. Our main discussion today was around the content of targeting by antibody, including some strategies that have been developed and related experiments carried out by several teams. We can conclude that it's feasible to combine siRNA with antibodies to identify cancer cells. Thank you David for the wonderful discussion. Thank you everyone for listening. There will be more interesting discussions on siRNA in the next program. See you next time.